Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream, the show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. My name is Ross Flanagan, and sitting alongside me here, well, not alongside me, but virtually alongside me, is Jamie Glazier. Jamie, how are you, sir? Very well, Roscoe. Very well, yourself? I'm very good, mate. Very good. Great to see you again. Uh, we haven't caught up uh, in the last week or so in a golfing sense, but uh, we've been tic-tacking on the, uh, on the messages, and we thought that uh, today was an opportune time to... I guess touch on a another area of mental mastery, which uh, is something that you're quite passionate about, and you've asked, told me that it's the art of amnesia. Hmm. Now, I'm interested to know a little bit more about the art of amnesia. I've got a little sense of where, where it's going and what we want to talk about, but uh, let's. Uh, I'll throw over to you, mate. What uh, where are we going to go with the art of amnesia in today's mental mastery golf podcast? Yeah, look, I think it's a. Uh a very interesting topic of discussion, hence the reason I sort of wanted to do this episode was over the past week or so, there's you know been a few sessions that I've had with clients where we've actually touched on and tapped into that ability to forget a shot and approach the next shot with a clean slate. So not dragging any of that mental or emotional baggage from the shot before and, you know, it, it it's one of those sessions that whenever I touch on that with clients, it has a really, really positive impact on their on their you know performance in the next few rounds of golf. And the same thing happened last week with a couple of clients that we that we touched on. They sent me some feedback about their ability to bounce back from a poor shot or back from a, a bad hole and and not go on that bogey train that they had inevitably sort of been on in the past when they sort of uh, I suppose connected to or attached to poor shots. So. Uh, I thought it would be a pretty cool sort of subject today just to tap into what that art of amnesia is. And obviously the art of amnesia is basically just the skill in forgetting what just happened. So, you know, and I think all of us golfers can really resonate with the skill of if we were able to forget what just happened, we'd probably be a lot better off, even if we looked at the forgetting the good shots as well. And I think I spoke to you about that earlier in most of us are wired a little bit on the negative side just because that's how humans are, are sort of wired. And, uh, you know, we might attach to 70 or 80% of the negatives and 20 or 30% of the positives. And it's, it's not a great equation for us when we, uh, when we look at the game of golf. So it is possible to learn how to forget in a very short space of time, like, you know, train yourself to forget these bad shots or forget things that have happened on the golf course that aren't related to good performance. Yeah, absolutely. I reckon that so many people need to learn this concept. You know, like I, I think about it for myself is uh, I can I don't know where my keys are. You know, I walked around before looking for my keys. I had yeah. them in my hand about three minutes before I lost where my keys were. It is yeah. possible to really just easily tune out for something that really isn't that important. So yeah. I'd, ima- yeah. I'd imagine that we can tune out for things that we don't attach the importance to or shouldn't attach oh. the importance to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is the this is the interesting the interesting I suppose reason why I you know I sort of talk about this art of amnesia and 
why it's a practical exercise and a practical process that I, I, you know, deliver to my clients is because the game of golf really triggers us in so many mental and emotional ways. And some of those emotional triggers are quite deep. They go back to, to our childhood, as we just discussed before around, you know, some of the pattern with your chipping and to, to really go in, dig deeper and, and, and sort of process some of those emotional triggers, that can take some time and also is a very challenging sort of process whereby if we isolate a specific pattern of behaviour and we help golfers understand how to build and train that pattern of behaviour, then we create a brand new neural network in the brain and we can actually sort of bypass some of those emotional triggers that might have been holding us back for some time. And that's, you know, you might have heard the term brain hacks and all that sort of stuff. That's all we're trying to really do here is we're trying to build a more efficient pathway to performance. So, yeah, so I think that's why this this sort of episode is going to be pretty cool for a lot of people. So I can vouch that it is something that you can develop and work on it's not an overnight fix, you know, since we've been doing what we've been doing and, you know, talking frequently and effectively working together on some of the areas of my game of golf, you, we can now see where my stronger points are yep. and then still the areas that I'm working on. And obviously as the listeners know, because I've tuned in to us, you know, talk about this before is my driving game, the strong part, my short game, the challenge. And that's the area that I, that I'm, developing a better understanding of how to let go of you know those poorer shots those bad shots that are going to cost me now it wasn't always like that for me if i really am honest with myself i would i would have said that my driving game you know i would attach you know i I wouldn't forget those shots as quickly as i should have as i did with my short game now i start to you know really get the sense that I'm forgetting that bad shot in the drive, you know, like I still hit bad drives, as you know, and a bad drive might not be necessarily uh, ended up in a good result. But I just know that I can, I've forgotten about that. I've moved on pretty quickly from it. And I'm just trying to bring that into my short game. And yeah, I I, I don't know. You've probably seen it. You might want to just give some reflection on my own examples. But um, I think the interesting thing that, that, I really noticed with yourself and, and, and what I noticed with a lot of my clients is when clients come to me, generally it is uh, searching for an answer or searching for a solution about a problem they have in their golf game. Okay, there's a, there is a mental blockage there. There is a fear. There is just that hurdle that they haven't been able to find the solution to. And what happens is, if we stay in that environment for too long, we can create a very fixed mindset, meaning this is the way I will be forever. There is no solution. And that's quite a, you know, it's a stressful state to functioning. And so what happens is when we actually start to apply some of these practical strategies for golfers, then we actually click them and switch their brain from that, that fixed fearful mindset into more, of a growth mindset where they're like, oh, okay, so there is an opportunity for me to to change patterns. There is an opportunity for me to get on top of this uh, part of my game. What do I need to do? And then they they dive into actually practicing some of those strategies and over time uh, and an understanding of reality from an expectation point of view, but over time, 
they start to see some improvements. They start to see some, some, you know, some hope. And then it's just only a matter of time before they make that transition. There'll be one or two shots where they're like, that was it. I can do this. And then now that is their, their memory bank as opposed to what might've been, you know, prior. So, um, you know, it's, it's giving golfers practical strategies that they can go away and work on and develop that gives them or transfers their, their, their mindset into more of a growth mindset so that they can actually see themselves getting better, improving and, and going down that part of, uh, of betterment. I can imagine in just listening to that part there, you know, if we talk about amnesia, forgetting the bad, you know, forgetting what's just given you some pain, whether it's a duff chip or a bad drive, once we get that skill and start to work on that part of the, the mental muscle, is this going to have a productive effect in the pre-shot as well? Is that right? Yep. You know, like once you can forget that, you know, you're going to – do you stop the ability of – negate the ability of, of thinking about the what might happen before the actual event? Absolutely. Absolutely. You definitely negate that memory recall mm. um, that so often happens in the game of golf. And even in the early stages, you minimise the emotional attachment that you have to that, to that performance. So when you minimise – the emotional attachment you have to a certain shot, the fear of it returning or the the negative image and memory of it returning is going to be a lot less. So even in the short term, that's going to have a, a massive positive benefit, uh, let alone after seven to 10 days of actually training it and going, oh, now I'm actually pretty good at it. So I imagine this is what you teach to a lot of your clients. How often do you see that this is something that's you know getting in the way of someone achieving a better result on the golf course i would say in approximately in some capacity 100 percent of the clients i've ever seen in my life yeah now some are a lot more intense and attached to the negatives than others but i don't think i've ever come across a player or i have never come across a player where that post shot intensity attachment couldn't be strengthened um, so yeah, it definitely has a negative impact on on all of us, and it's you know uh, it's not like people listen to you know the first ten minutes of this podcast and they know what to do and they go and play tomorrow's round and expect it to change. It's you actually have to train it. You have to put this sort of process into practice so that you actually can form that pattern because mm. that's you know we've got to build that pathway. Um, to help us disengage with that old pattern. Uh, so there's, there's got to be a training principle applied and people have to go out there and actually build that to be able to rely on it uh, under competitive sort of situations. So then can we give anyone some some tips that are going to, you know, help them in the shorter term? You know, I, I would always obviously implore everyone to engage with yourself on the fullness of, of any uh, training concept, absolutely. But is there anything if someone's going out there this afternoon or tomorrow on the range that they can start to, to do and just to make some small progress steps? Yeah, look, I think you know, there's one exercise that I that I talk about with a lot of clients, which is um, there's two ways to look at it, but one one is a really good is a good way to uh, to forget about it, and that's more de- detaching from it as versus the forgetting, but it helps them to forget about that shot. And that is just basically uh, label the shot. Um, Let's say they hit a really poor shot, second shot into the fourth hole. Um, To actually stand there and label that shot. That shot was a poor shot. 
second shot into the fourth hole. So give it a give it a time, give it a place, but then learn to leave it there. And all we do is we get them to get a tee out of their pocket, say that to themselves, second shot into four today was not a great shot. Here's my tee to symbolize that. I'm going to put the tee in the ground and I'm going to leave it there. And then they just they learn to then leave it there, move on. They know that that shot was that moment in time mm. and, uh, you know, they're creating that, that understanding that that second shot into four doesn't mean it's going to happen again, you know, second shot into seven. It just means that that point in time, I, I just hit a poor shot. And with really good expectation management, they should realise that that's, that's going to happen today. I'm going to have a poor shot. So when it happens, if you're prepared for that before you start your round, then when it happens, you're not going to have as much of a reaction to it, which is, again, is all part of helping you to create that amnesia. Yeah, right. So let's put a peg in the ground, leave it, move on, and uh, and don't let the thought that it's going to carry with you for the next shot or the next shot or three shots on the next hole that you don't, you know, that you hadn't got in your mind right. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so in relation to from where, I, where you see me at, what's, what's next for me? Do you think so? This would be, you know, because we look at we look at the area of your short game, which we've discussed obviously on the podcast a fair bit, and, and your driving's great, and your ability to forget a poor drive is probably really great because you don't have that emotional attachment to a poor drive, you don't have that identity to a poor drive. But when you hit a poor chip shot, you can definitely see all those emotions sort of coming to the surface and the worry and concern or fear that it's going that's just the way you're going to chip that day. Um, so for me, there's a little bit of training for you in regards to that ability to create that art of amnesia in your short game. And that would be just find yourself a really tricky spot around the short game area, mm-hmm. um, maybe into the grain, a bit of a thicker grass, and uh, have your 10 shots, choose random targets that you're going to you're going to pitch to or you're going to chip to and the goal is after every shot you have to stand there and completely erase that shot from your memory consciously completely erase it from your memory as much as you can and then move into the next shot and and really try and perform with as clean a slate as you can now what you'll find if you do a block of 10 balls you might have anywhere from 30 to 60 to 90 seconds in between shots where it takes you to actually create that amnesia process. Okay, I've completely forgotten about that shot now and I'm ready to step into this one and focus on on this one with a clean slate. But over time of training, if you do that drill, you know, three or four times a week in two to three weeks, you should see a reduction in the amount of time it takes you to forget a shot and then ultimately by four to six weeks, you should, you know, be sort of okay with with pretty much forgetting the shot almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, a lot of that will come down to what are your what are your expectations before the session? If your expectations are, and again, we've spoken about people's expectations need to be, you know, need to be on their skill level. If your skill level is 
where you're going to hit some balls thin, you're going to hit some balls fat, you're going to have an inconsistent sort of club and turf interaction because of a certain mechanical feature, technical feature, then you have to expect that you're going to hit an average shot because, again, if you expect that you're going to hit maybe one or two of these quite poorly, so when they come, you're, you're ho-hum about it, you're okay, well, there it is. You're going to be able to forget about that quite quickly. But if you're scared of a poor shot, when it comes, it's going to sort of really have that impact and it's going to make it a lot more difficult for you to forget. So there is that little bit of balance between sort of pre-practice session expectation of what's going to unfold uh, together with that conscious process of you're not allowed to hit the next shot until you have gotten yourself to the point of forgetting about the previous. Okay. So once again, it comes back to a lot of the work that you put into your practice you know, and how you go about practicing, you know. So if I reflect on my last time down at the short game area, now it was towards the end of the day, it was getting dark, but did I find myself just hitting 20 or 30 chips to the same spot, same sort of shot, same club? Probably. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, they were all going really well. But once again, practicing with a purpose and practicing with, you know, some level of intention and some level of... Uh, I guess, um, how you say? Consequence. Consequence, exactly right. Yeah. So don't just sit there and hit 20 chips. Well, it's it's like that tightrope example that we've discussed. Yeah. You put a tightrope a foot off the floor yeah. and you can walk across that no problem. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing, but we're going to put it 100 metres above a building now. Yeah. Like there's consequence. So then when there's consequence, the brain functions differently. Mm. Okay, then our physiology functions differently. All of a sudden, a pretty easy chip shot that you've hit 20 in a row becomes quite challenging because you've got some stress and pressure and competition because there's a scorecard and you haven't hit one of these shots for three days now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a completely different environment. So, you know, and that's why, that's why practice and training, like practice is that you're practicing a, a specific sort of feel with the club, you know, club turf interaction 20 balls in a row the same you're practicing that's fine that's a you know it's a very valuable area of the game but training Mm. is actually trying to get you to train in a specific environment that you need to perform in and had a good chat with Ruff the other day he's heading off to his first corn fair event next week and um you know with the isolation period he's been doing a lot of work on mechanics and uh he said when he first started to get back out on the course and play he could just he could sense that he's starting to see where he doesn't want the ball to go and he's, he's just in that analytical mindset. But that's, again, that dominant function. That's how his brain's been functioning for the last three or four or five weeks yeah. working on his mechanics. It's in that left brain analytical mode. You can't just switch it on and off. You've actually got to train it to become a dominant pattern. I mean, very few people have that art of switching it on and off. Have you worked with anyone else? Someone else at a high level, at the elite level, that you've had to really spend some time in this area with? I think everybody in the elite space, because their expectations and perfectionism kick in, they're, you know, so much more, you know, judgmental and self-critical around the shots they hit. So they've got to have that skill set more than, you know, more than us club golfers do. So I would dare to say that, um, you know, as I said, every single player, that I've worked with goes through that process of trying to, and there's different there's different processes. Basically, the art of amnesia. There might be three or four or five or six or twenty different ways of helping an athlete access the art of amnesia. 
um, and that's just very specific to each person. So coming on a podcast, and we've spoken about this before, about a podcast being a very generalised discussion point, uh, some people might go away and try some of the, 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 you know, the processes and go, hey, they're great. And other people are like, oh, I didn't quite suit. And it's, that's just the way it is. You know, it's, um, there are so many different ways to do things and actually being able to access someone, you know, stand face-to-face with someone for an hour and learn more about them and their personality type and their language patterns helps me to then direct some of my processes so we can hit the mark a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these strategies are going to be uh, are going to be quite generalised. So, um, yeah. So, if someone can't get access to you face to face at Royal Melbourne and they're in Queensland or in yeah. South Australia or Western Australia or another part of the world, yeah. is it still? And this is something that they have recognised themselves that needs some development in their game. Yeah. Um, is it still something that we can help them with? You know, virtually, can we do? Can we do a training session like this? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I do. You know, anywhere from I would say uh, just maybe six to ten hours a week of Zoom sessions. Um, generally, more outside of this COVID sort of space. But um, yeah, so there's you know there is a lot of uh, you know value in having a Zoom session to discuss things and uh, you know ask questions and get responses, and then that might take me down another path and, and that sort of stuff. So it um, yeah definitely definitely is uh, is a value. So someone could potentially take their phone with yep. Zoom on it down to the range, set it up yep. behind them, have you yep. watching, have their Bluetooth earphones in, and yep. you're watching on the on the camera sitting at wherever it is and uh, yep. going through it that way. Well, I had a great had a great session with JD a few uh, last week actually. Mm-hmm. He obviously since his his injury at tour school, he still hasn't been able to hit full shots. He can get in the in the gym and 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 bench you know 150 or something but he can't hit a full shot just because of the nature of the position that his wrist is in but i chatted to him i'm like after a while i said maybe we want to look at when you do try it there might be so much fear and trepidation around hitting a full shot and getting the club stuck in the ground and re-injuring yourself that you may be creating more tension that actually is having a negative impact i said so why don't we try and maybe have a session? So we had a session on on on, uh, on WhatsApp, actually a video call on WhatsApp, and uh, I just talked him through the process of just you know relaxing and and soft hands and trying to work his way into full shots. And then within about twenty minutes, he he got himself into hitting full six irons um, with little to no discomfort. There was one or two times where it grabbed, but the good thing is it grabbed but it doesn't mean he couldn't hit the next shot. It wasn't a re-injury. It was just, it's just with tendonitis. It's that thing that happens sometimes. You hit shots and you're going you're gonna to have pain, but it doesn't mean that you're re-injured it. So he just worked through that and, and it was really good. He had a, an injection a couple of days after that, um, after that session um, and he messaged me this morning saying, hey, I'd love to, I've had the injection. It's feeling really good. I'd love to get back on uh, another sort of video call and, and go through that process again because he found that really beneficial to to not have his mind having a negative impact on his ability to come back and hit balls with that injury. Yeah. So, so in in terms of uh, you know developing this art of amnesia, forgetting forgetting things, is there anything else that we need to cover off today, mate? Is there is there some other? 
No, I think it's just, a, I thought it was just a pretty cool sort of subject to tap into. Um, for me, you know, the feedback from some of the guys that I, I worked with last week on this was their ability to just bounce back from a poor shot and a poor hole was, was, was really great. They also noticed they were enjoying the game more and their stress levels were a lot less. Mm. They felt lighter. They didn't know why, mm. but again, that's just one of those positive benefits and byproducts of if you're forgetting something quickly, your mind's not analyzing what you did, your mind's not judging what you did, uh, and you're not stuck in that left brain analytical mode, then that's going to be a whole lot more enjoyable. Yeah. So I knew that if we could get these guys uh, and girls to access that heart of amnesia, there would be so many positive benefits and byproducts because of that um just that cognitive sort of functioning. And, um, yeah, so for me it was, you know, if, if people are feeling frustrated out on the golf course um, and angry out on the golf course, it's probably because you're holding on to the shitty shots a lot longer than you need to. Um, so, you know, well, then apply it, this. I was just going to say in a different version they're going through, I guess, what Ryan Ryan yep. Ruffles, you know, at the yep. elite level articulated, you know, he's been yep. not playing golf, he's been hitting balls, but he's been out of his normal routine and sync and yep. he's got back to it and, and his mind has allowed him to think otherwise that, that yep. he otherwise spent a lot of time training himself not to think. And yep. us as everyday golfers probably doing a little bit of the same yep. relative to how, how strong you are in this point or not, but you've just got out of the art of you know, thinking the way that you should be. So it's, yeah. it's a reprogramming. Yeah, great. And especially because, like, we're such a fix-it mentality to us golfers. Yeah. Like, we hit a shot and we want to fix it. Yeah. So one of the things I said to the uh, to one of my clients during the week was, you know, the, the big difference between elite players, really good level professionals and average professionals or elite amateurs or club golfers is they fix their stuff, but it's after the round they fix it. Mm. They don't fix it during, during the round. Yeah. Where I see so many people trying to fix things during the round of golf and it just creates this just messy, muddy waters and the, from there you can't have any clarity and um, it's, just, it's just not a great process. So I just say accept what's happening on the, on the golf course that day and fix it afterwards if you want to. Go and hit 15, 20 balls trying to figure it out and um, that's a really positive, uh, positive sort of time spent. I think that is a very valuable thing for, for people to acknowledge and identify and understand if it does happen to them. And I don't want to go down another rabbit hole because it's, it's related but not related. But what you just said then, I see that every day, you know, in, in doing a club fit. Yeah. Someone will come in and swing a certain way. I said, right, we're just going to get to the point where you're warmed up and hitting full shots with your driver. Yeah. And all of a sudden something changes. You know, the, they, they might have the new driver, which might be a year or two newer than their, their particular driver. And then all of a sudden something changes, you know, as maybe usually as a result of something not a ball not going where they wanted it to. And they start swinging differently. Yeah. Or they start swinging faster or slower. And yeah. usually, oh, I'm just hitting it easy. So no, no, no. You know, we need to hit shots that you're hitting on the golf course. Let's not yeah. try and hit it easy. Let's not try and, oh, I'm trying to hit a fade. Do you, I've never seen you hit a fade in your life. You know, well, let's not do that. Let's just hit the normal. Sh- and they're trying to fix things on the run in a yeah. club fitting, and it's probably yeah. exactly the same yeah. as people thinking yeah. they can fix it during the round. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting because I'm sort of been writing a bit of this content for this routine to riches video program, and 
one of the things in there that's going to be a discussion point is around how too many people treat their pre-round warm-up as a practice session, mm. which just activates a, per, a certain part of their brain that you just can't go out and perform in. And it's just, it's just they don't mean to. It's just what happens. They just they get there an hour and a half early, like, oh, I've got plenty of time to hit balls and fine-tune my swing and get my feel right. And, yeah, that feels good on the range, but if you can't take it to the golf course because it's like that 20 shots of you chipping, it's, it's a false economy. Yeah. So we go there and we apply a different warm-up, like a warm-up that is actually preparing you for what you're about to experience and then fix it later. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that'll be part of that video program, which, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully starting to film later this week. Very good. And the Facebook uh, group is going well, more, yeah. more and more uh, people joining in there and more and more people sharing a wide, wide variety of content. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. So I've been a little bit sloppy the last seven days with putting some videos up, but um, I do want to put uh, a video up in the next day or two, get rid of everyone. I mean, mainly because I actually haven't played golf. I haven't hit a, hit a golf ball for, for nine or 10 days. And generally I, I like to get out there, have a hit and then upload something that I experienced or saw. And uh, I haven't had the chance to do that. I had a few other things on my plate, but um, no, I'll put a video up there again soon. But the group's going well. I did. Uh, I haven't played since we played together in a competitive environment, but I have had a few range sessions, and I did practice the art of amnesia the uh, other day in, a, in one yeah. of the sessions because I I uh, hit a few of the shots that you like to hit, Jamie. Yeah. Got a couple out of the hosel. Yeah, great. I haven't hit a hosel for so long. I don't even know how it feels. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but I did bounce back with a with a, a nice little finish to the session and and made a little video for you there, Jamie, which you appropriately commented on that you would like to uh, see uh, not another driver video, but uh, some <laughs> other videos. But anyway, we'll we'll, exactly. we'll we'll leave that for the next time, mate. Unless there's anything else that you want to cover off on that, I think uh, that wraps it up. And I think there's a lot of value there for people to to listen to and to want to uh, get their teeth into when they get out on the course. Sounds good, mate. That's uh, that's great. I think everyone's going to love that. And uh, I look forward to hearing everyone's feedback on how that art of amnesia went. So please uh, post a comment uh, in, in the pod or on the group or on my Instagram or Roscoe's and uh, let's get some feedback on how that art of amnesia went. Excellent work. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Once again, if you jump over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. It just helps the podcast get into the ears of more and more people. It's going really well for us and uh, we do appreciate everyone who listens in and shares and comments. Really like it. Until we uh, get together next time, Jamie, I'll see you very, very soon and thanks again for uh, tuning in. Thanks, Roscoe. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.